Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Okay. It's going to be what it's going to be. Got it. All right. Well, welcome back to a subpar audio experience of the Chasing Tales Outdoor Podcast. This is annoying me to no end, and I'm just going to embrace the awkward part of this, which is I don't have a good mic today. Um, I think we have sourced the problem. Uh, the, the connection between my audio interface and my computer seems to be the issue, which appears to also be what ruined the experience for the last podcast that we recorded, which was a really good podcast. And, but here's the deal. It's been seven weeks since you guys got a podcast and on no uncertain terms was I'm not going to drop one this week for you guys. It's been entirely too long. Technical glitches aside, I don't care. At the end of the day, you guys deserve some content. So here we are. Chase will be your smooth, uh, sultry voice of this podcast. And I will be the uh, guest. This is the audio you would typically expect from the guest. So hopefully my sarcasm, my sense of humor uh, is as compelling in this audio format as it normally is. But thanks again for tuning in to another episode. Uh, I am here with the world-renowned Chase Prince, slayer of all big deer, purveyor of all turkeys. I mean, the guy is just an animal dude. It's time we get back in the saddle. Here we are, but dadgummit, it has been a hot second. Well, technically we've been in the saddles, just not this saddle. (laughs) (laughs) and we have tried to record multiple podcasts and i don't think either one of them have made it to the podcast waves out there which is disappointing yeah that was um that was a little painful i'm not gonna lie to you uh you know first parker goes and steals our podcast idea and so i kind of got a little butthurt about that and so we had a really fun <laughs> podcast recorded. It was a deer hunting draft. And I've since decided that we're going to post it anyways, but I wanted to give it some breathing room so that we don't look like copycats. And instead we're the original uh, people. That was the original idea. And then I said it to Parker and Parker ran with it. And, you know, it is what it is. But uh, here we are. It is and what it is. Then we recorded one and the audio messed up and our schedules haven't aligned. 2020 is past us. The debacles are past us. We're going to be doing good things this year. 
my schedule at work is trending to slow down. I'm going to start having remote work, which uh, allows me to record an episode before my wife, after I get off work, but before my wife gets home, which is a huge deal. Um, I'm really excited about all of that. So we got some, we got some business to tend to, some business. We got some announcements. Um, as we sit, we are two months away, just under two months away from our first ever Florida, sorry, Patreon Turkey Hunt. We'll be hosting that today, uh, this year at the same uh, place that we had the deer hunt. We have a cabin reserved. And uh, if you're a Patreon member, you got an email from us where we posted all of the details. I'm not going to share anything else to this group uh, except for the fact that it's $60 for four days of hunting. 50 of that is going to the cabin owners to say thank you. And frankly, three nights of three nights of camping for 50 bucks is cheap as can be. You're going to get a shower, uh, air conditioning, a full kitchen, full bath, like the whole deal. It's a beautiful cabin right on the river. Excellent place for you to hang out. And uh, then the remaining $10 is going to go to food. We're going to do a big meal like we always do. We're probably going to have some big giveaways. We are going to have some big giveaways. And uh, I'm excited about it. So we have 13 spots left. We're only we're capping this thing at 25 so that the cabin uh, has adequate space. And um, so we have 13 spots as of the time we recorded this. So go to Patreon. If you're not already a Patreon member, sign up, go to the link, comment. I want in. I'll send you a payment link and you can pay us to reserve your spot. Um, we don't make any money off of that. That is just for the camaraderie. We're going to try and pair people who are experienced with turkey hunting with people who are new or really need help. And we've got some stone cold killers coming. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about myself, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that's, that's who I figured you were talking about. <laughs> oh there man, we. Um... Hey, so you gonna make that? Have you have you put in PTO for that? Yeah, I'm already. I'm off. I'll be off. But are you like off, off, or like two days before you're gonna be like, hey, I have to work off. No, no, I'm off, off. Okay. I'm right. good to go. I missed right, the I other missed one. And this one, I'm 100% off, already ready to rock and roll. You want me to email your supervisor? You like hall pass? Just make sure that he's 100% on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't have to do that. I'm it's scheduled leave. It's it's good to go. I got you. I'm good All to right. go for this one. No, no chance of me getting stuck uh, at work because I won't be there. Several well, days before the hunt actually even starts. That's awesome. So it'll be good. I'll be off the entire weekend and several days before that. That's awesome, man. I'm excited. I'm I'm really excited about it. It's um it's always a good experience to go to see the guys. We've got this great core group of guys. Um, if it wasn't going to be so warm, I would open up open up more for some camping spots. But you know, turkey season in Central Florida can be a little bit uh, warm if you're not careful. So. Um, but the, on top of that, we got a turkey giveaway. I haven't even told Jace about this. We've been playing phone tag for like the last 10 days. Uh, we're giving away an Alps Impact turkey vest. We're going to give away some very special yeah. turkey calls. And one of those will be a handcrafted pot call that I, I will make along with a custom white oak striker. Really excited about that. That's all hand, hand turned by me in a design that I've been perfecting. And in addition to that, we're going to give away a three pack of our signature series collaborative mouth calls with honeycomb custom calls. So this is a big deal. This is a really big deal. Daniel and I really enjoy each other's company. We turkey hunt all the time. We're planning some South Alabama turkey hunts just because there's some spots like right in between the two of us that we can just 
pop over and, and film some content for each other. And uh, he reached out and sent us like, I don't know, was it like five or six mouth call types based yeah. on things that we liked? And um, he asked what we liked in a mouth call, what we didn't like in a mouth call. And we settled on three. Um, they are the JB special, the hot tamale, and the not safe for work. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Chase, tell them, tell them about your call, man. This You, you handcrafted one of the three. <laughs> uh, i didn't handcraft any of these calls um <laughs> I, i'm not a uh, turkey call uh, enthusiast or person that decides that they want to make turkey calls uh whatsoever what i will say about their calls is we got to run them last season uh, i really enjoyed um Several of the calls, uh, definitely. I'm trying to. I can't. I'm trying to think of the name of it, but it was a Batwing style. I'm Ryan Nitz. Yeah, uh, it wasn't the. No, it wasn't the Ryan no. Nitz. It wasn't the Ryan Nitz one. Gotcha. Um, it was a different one, but I'd have to go back and look at it. But I, I really enjoyed that call. They they fit my mouth really well. I didn't have to do any cutting or anything uh, like that with them. Uh, per, pretty darn durable. I mean, I ran it the entire season. Which I think is uh, pretty remarkable, and pretty much the only, I might have switched it out with a different call that I had here and there, but did quite a bit of turkey hunting. I was went out with Brandon. We were able to get a bird uh, on his quota hunt. Got both of my birds. Uh, spent a lot of time uh, running that thing, and uh, it held up. Uh, sounded great for. Me, uh, I'm not going to say I'm Scott Ellis or anything running a, a turkey call by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, I, I really enjoy uh, their calls. Yeah, and I think that with this three pack, you're going to at least find one that you really enjoy. And I think you should be able to run all of them. No problem. Yeah, no. And and the designs that we've picked out, I think are really kind of cool. Um, I, I worked with Daniel a little more, uh, intimately on a couple of designs. I wanted them to be, when we had Scott Ellis on the last time, he talked about one of the number one things people lack is tongue control. And so what they do is they apply too much pressure. And I immediately related that to me and the issues I was facing. And so I asked Daniel to make these a little hot, make the tension a little tighter so that less pressure invokes certain reactions very quickly. And I was able to get call sequences that I wasn't before, especially call sequences that we witnessed last year when we had that hen come in with me and Adam and the hen came in and was doing like a key key and then a J key up on the backside. Um, that was one that I immediately realized I wanted to imitate. And some of these cuts are easier for that. And uh, there's like an offset ghost cut that we put together that I feel like is an excellent closing call because you can do real soft yelps on it. You can do, purrs a real variation of, of different frequency purrs not fighting purrs but just different types of feeding purrs and social purrs and so i'm excited i think it's a great it's a great pack of calls and um we're gonna have about 50 of these packs at the wild turkey uh extravaganza florida wild turkey extravaganza down there in webster florida on the fourth i think the gates open at eight they close at three um, we're going to have a booth right there next to Honeycomb Custom, and we're going to have these for sale there for $25 a pop. 
Um, so the show special price is 25 for a three pack, which I think is freaking killer. Um, I don't know that you can even get Primo's calls for that price anymore. Um, and then if you're a Patreon member and you can't make the show, you'll get a promo code for unlimited purchases. You can buy as many of these packs as you want for $5 off. So you can still get the show price of 25. Um, if you can't make the show, if you're not interested in supporting Patreon, you can get them on the Honeycomb Custom website in, in a couple days from the time this drops. Uh, for 30 bucks plus shipping, which I still think 10 bucks a call is actually a pretty, pretty le- legit price given the collaboration and everything involved. So, um, I've, I've really enjoyed seeing these come together and I, I really hope people enjoy them. I know they're going to, and I, and I hope to be able to hear people use them at the show. So if you're in that Florida area, in that Webster, Florida area, uh, February 4th, come see us. We're going to have a booth. We're going to have hobble gobble t-shirts. Uh, I have some stickers coming. They may or may not get there in time. They, they've been sitting in a tracking, pit, uh, a pending carrier pickup status for what, five business days now. So, um, hopefully they get here in time. But if not, we'll have hobble gobble t shirts. We'll have the mouth calls. We'll have a podcast, uh, station set up. There's some people there I really want to podcast with. Um, Doug Updike and some other people that I think would be really cool to have that experience right there. And, uh, yeah. Come see us. I'd love to see people. I really would. Talk turkey, talk plans, come show us some photos. Um, tell us your success stories. That's what we're all about. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to uh, being down there. Uh, I, as everybody knows, I'm more deer oriented, but I mm-hmm. turkey hunt. It's just a little bit different. I definitely sink more of my time and effort into uh, deer hunting, but I, I still love turkey hunting. Yeah. If I if I had to choose one, everybody knows I'm going to choose deer, but I don't have to choose one. I can do both. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's fun. It's it's something to do uh, in in the off season. Uh, mm-hmm. I really enjoy the really enjoy the gobbles. So if I can mm-hmm. get out there and hear birds gobble, uh, at least I don't necessarily have to win or get them or whatever. But if they're going to play right. a little bit and respond and stuff like that, uh, that gets me excited. And the call I looked it up. The call I was running last year was the bee's knees. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's got That's some. It's got some one, good right? uh, green. Green. It's a green one. Uh, I ran it, and then I think I might have ran the Psalm nineteen as well for some of those lighter tones and things. I, I got you. To, to purr or kiki or things like that, and it just came out better for me when I used that one. I hear you, dude. Um, well, let's give them a bit of an update. Um, Patreon has hit 100 deer, 100 big game animals killed this spring, this fall, which is nuts. Um, we, You and I killed a bunch of deer. I killed four deer on public land, three bucks, which is a personal best for the year. I floated two of them out. And <laughs> here recently, you crushed it on a great deer. Do you want to give everybody like a little brief summary of that? Oh yeah, well, because that's a cool uh, story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had an interesting season. I had some family things going on, kind of during mainly a, a lot of the good hunting. I would say uh, during yeah. the season, there were stretches where I might have got out like once in twenty something days, and then would go out, and then I might st- I might miss another twenty days uh, of stretches. Uh, but I killed some really nice bucks this year. Um, and this last one, uh, is a buck. The one that I killed recently, 
here and I think it was around the first week or actually the, it was like one week left of the season whenever I ended up killing uh, this bug, but I'd actually shot him the first time <laughs> uh, a week prior to that. Uh, it was a good story. It was a deer. I had him on camera. Uh, I had, I'd actually named this deer. I'd called him Browzar uh, because he had a brow tine that must've got injured in velvet. It curled back yeah he had some good brow tines it like kind of curled straight back uh in the picture so i was like ah, i'm gonna name this deer it's kind of bizarre to have a brow tine like that so i was like ah browser is a good name uh for this deer it's not something i've ever heard before uh a lot of the names that people use kind of get duplicated and replicated or whatever you hear mm-hmm. a lot of the same uh names crabs or whatever just this, oh, you hear a lot of the same stuff yep and I run a bunch of trail cameras, cell cams, all of that. I have no problem running a cell cam <laughs> uh, for deer uh, with those uh, recent debates. And I was able to kind of, I would get this, this deer was probably one of the most daylighting deer I've ever seen. Like I said, there were definitely stretches out there where I was not, didn't even have a chance to go out for 20 days plus or three weeks or something or longer, but I would be catching him on camera. Uh, he, he stayed in one area for a while. Uh, and then all of a sudden he kind of transitioned to a different area. Um, and I was able to get him on camera there, but he was never, I would never say that he was like really consistent per se with that area. Uh, he would show up, he might be there in that area for a day or so. And then he might, he might go missing for three or four days and then kind of show up again for a a day or so. And I put some, I'd put some hunts in on him earlier uh, in the other area that he was at. Uh, Never, never laid eyes on him there. Uh, I saw deer. Um, I was actually, I was, the funny part was I was filming like 99% of the time (laughs) for, for this deer. And which will come with a story uh, at the end. And I had him kind of showing up to this one area. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to go in here. But I decided that I needed to enter in from a different way. I'm like, you know what? I, I This deer shows up on camera. And for some reason, when I go into this area, I haven't seen him. And I make a decision. I'm like, all right, I'm going to enter in from this from this other side, uh, I'm gonna, and the way the wind was, I had to pick a different tree, uh, to get in, which was still pretty close by. And I had, I actually had the Insta 360, uh, that evening and he came in and I got to lay eyes on him for a while, but he just never predict, he just never gave me a shot. Like I never, I never a good shot. And I kept waiting on him to present a shot, waiting on him to present me with a shot and all. And then he kind of turned and he, he gave me a potential shot where I was going to have to shoot straight down on him, kind of almost the spine shot that everybody, like when you're shooting straight down on a deer, uh, you're gonna, you're trying to hit in between the the two lungs, potentially spine the deer or catch both lungs, maybe heart going on the way down. And he, he had kind of spun around like he had spooked and that kind of, I don't know if that made me rush, but I knew I was going to have to, get in gear and I shot and he ran off and it sounded, the shot sounded good. 
Uh, but I didn't I didn't see the arrow sticking out of the deer. He ran off. He stopped at like 35 yards. I was trying to get another arrow to potentially get another um, arrow in him. And he had stopped. And he, he kind of acted like he was woozy a little bit. And then he just started walking. He walked off before. And then I, I attempted a shot at him. And I wasn't able to get a range or anything like that. And I know I ended up shooting like just, just under him. I think he was 40 something yards and I had shot at 40. And so I got down, looked at the arrow. The arrow is really weird. There wasn't a lot of blood on the arrow. There was hair on, there was some hair in the broadhead. Wasn't a lot of hardly any blood. And I'm, I kept, but it was sticking in the ground. And I'm like, that just doesn't seem right. But there was a good blood trail, a really good blood trail. And I was, I had actually had something that I needed to do that evening. So I ended up leaving because I was like, well, I'll come back in a few hours. I'm not sure the shot or anything anyway. So I'm going to give it some time. And I, I had walked down this road on the way out and it looked like he was just dropping blood and it kind of looked like it should have been from like underneath him like he was just pouring it was just pouring out from underneath and i came back in a couple hours i tracked for tracked him for maybe an hour or so for it was like a i don't know maybe a 200 yard stretch of blood but it he never bedded down or anything like that it just looked like he was walking through the woods uh the entire time and i had good blood for like the first hundred and because I was like, Oh, I'm going to find him. I mean, there's, there's really good blood. Uh, and then I got up on the spot. There was a pretty good sized clot in the blood. And I was like, eh, that's not necessarily good. So I finally make it to about the 200 yard mark and I couldn't find any more blood. I was doing it by myself. It was at night and I'd gotten to where it was just drops of blood, like little specks of blood. And it was good. It was going to be really cold that night. So I'm like, I'm just going to back out and I'll, I'll come back in the morning. Came back in the morning. I literally found one drop of blood past the last blood uh, that I had found. And at that point, I'd figured I was like, well, I don't see any anywhere where he's bedded at. I, I grid searched the area. I did a ton of different things trying to see if I could find them. I looked for buzzards. Of course, I had buzzards everywhere that day. It was one of those days where it's like, <laughs> there's buzzards circling low everywhere in the area. So I'm like, okay, let me go check over here. Let me go check over here. And it, it was it ended up being nothing. So I'm like, well, I don't know where he went. I didn't want to push him because I was near property lines that first night. So that's why I kind of backed out. I'm like, ah, I don't want to push him off the property. Uh, may I may never see him again. So I think it was... About three days later, he ended up showing back up on cam. And I was like, okay, he's still alive. That's good. And the shot, I don't know if I shot a little bit high or what, or he moved. I mean, there's always the potential he could have ducked uh, before the arrow got there. And I had hit him kind of right at the base of the neck on the back, and it came out the neck. But his neck was really sw- still pretty swollen from rut. It, it was, and as you know, when their neck swells up that big, you got a lot of meat there with really nothing vital. Uh, really close, ended up being really close to where it would have hit trach and uh, esophagus, stuff like that, but it didn't. 
And I'm going, okay, he's, he's actually shown back up in this area. It wasn't like I caught him on a camera way off from where he was at. I actually had uh, caught him on the exact camera where I'd been catching him a lot in that area. I'm like, well, I, I was like, he's in this area. He's shown back up. And I decided, I was like, well, I'm just going to stick it out in this area, see what happens. Um, and I knew, and I put a couple of hunts in on them, but it were really warm days. Like the wind had started coming out of the South and I just, it, it, it wasn't coming through. And it, like mm-hmm. I said, this area is a good pinch area. There's a lot of deer that use this area. And we had a cold front coming in and the wind had switched back out of the North. So I decide, all right, I'm going to go back in. I actually got in like my original tree. I was able to get in my original tree thinking that uh, uh, where, how he had come out the evening where I'd shot him. I'm like, okay, I'll still be good if I get in this tree and I get in a tree and I decide, I was like, uh, you know what? I was like, I'm not going to break out the camera. I'm going to see what happens. Cause we've always been talking about like the curse of the camera. Every time I don't break out the camera, most of the, I, I end up shooting something. And sure enough, I'd been sitting there for, I got there super early, maybe two hours. And I had some does walking through the woods and they got to the spot and they just kind of stopped and were staring. And I can't see behind me because there's a line of trees behind me where I can't really see that good behind me. Mm-hmm. And they're just staring and staring. And I'm like, what are they staring at? And I just happened to hear this noise. And I look. And there he is, like 25 yards behind me. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, he's he's actually shown up. And he's he didn't come in the way I thought he would come in or would be using it uh, that day. And I, the way the wind was, it was a pretty steady wind, and everything seemed to be going up in the air because he was dead downwind of me mm-hmm. at that point. And I'm like, well, this is over. Like, I've done busted it up. I ain't ever going to see him again. And it didn't it, it, it i guess he never caught my wind or anything or maybe he was distracted by the does that uh he was looking at because he was looking at the does uh, mm-hmm. when he made that noise i don't know if he was just making that noise at the does or what but he was definitely looking at them and he just kind of circled kind of around to where i was and came out ended up giving me a broadside shot at 20 yards and i was able to smoke him he he ran about a hundred yards. I heard him crash uh, and ended up finding him. And the only bad part about it was, I guess he, at some point he had ended up breaking that weird brow tine. (laughs) 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 He ended up breaking that weird brow tine off. Um, And he he had more stuff. He had some kickers back there that I didn't know about. He had some, he Mm -hmm. had some really cool character and stuff. Uh, I believe he was an older deer. Um, he was definitely the oldest, the, appeared to be the oldest deer that uh, was on the property uh, during during this time of year. Um, and he, he was just one of those deers I would call that is a homebody, just stays in an area that never, never really ventured off, like where I didn't have pictures of him for a, week, a couple of weeks right. or anything like that. Like I would catch him here or there. Normally it'd be like a, at the most, it'd be a three or four day stretch where I wouldn't catch him on a camera somewhere. And the funny part about that day was, is cause we're, 
I know everybody's been talking about the cell cams and like, oh, if you catch them on cell cam, yes. go in there, master segue, sir, <laughs> and kill them within whatever that stretch. And I did catch that deer on cell cam that day, just not in that area. And it was, uh, I looked at it on the map, and he was on a different camera, point six miles away, so over a half mile away from where I ended up hunting. And he wasn't, he was not heading in the direction of where I was hunting. He was actually headed in the exact opposite direction at 11 a.m. And I ended up shooting him like at 5 p.m., somewhere around there. So he was more than a half mile away, headed the opposite direction. And I, and there was a time for a second where I'm like, well, maybe I should go hunt over here because he was on cell cam over here. And I was like, no, I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Um, and it's not because of any ethical or anything like that. It was just more of, I just was like, I've had so many encounters and stuff over here. Um, and I really had no clue where he went after he passed that camera. Like, I was like, he could have went left. He could have went right. He could have kept going straight any of that stuff. And I, I just didn't feel like I would even have a chance at him in that area to begin with. But I thought so that was interesting. Are you, are you telling me that you got a deer on camera and you didn't run and sit right up on that camera? No, no, I did not set up on that camera. I, I still held true to uh, an area where I had caught him more on camera in that area. But I did not kill him anywhere near the area he was on cell camera that day. That's so weird to me. Like, I don't understand why. Why wouldn't you have just gone right where you got the deer on camera, Chase? (laughs) Well, there's multiple reasons. (laughs) One, I dedicated this year to the bow. So I knew I I was going to have to kill him with a bow. And... In that area, I mean, there were trees I could have got in, but I, there was no way from, I, like I said, I, there was no way for me to know where that deer went after he showed up on that camera. I just yeah. was, I knew the area I was in was a good area uh, for that deer. And it, it presented me a better archery shot. Um, I could have, I, I guess I could have went over there and sat with a gun, but uh, more than likely I wouldn't have seen the deer <laughs> at all because he was back 0.6 miles uh, by, and I don't know what he did. He could have went in and he could have made a big loop and came back and bedded down uh, nearby the area uh, I was at. Uh, uh, I know I know what direction he came from. Uh, he came back from that area. I, I never could. There were a couple of, there were like three different areas where I thought that he may be bedding a lot of the time that deer. Um, but it, uh, the cell cam told me he was still alive and he was on potentially still on the property uh, when I got a picture of him, but it did not, it was not the deciding factor of where I was going to hunt. Well, so let's rip the bandaid off of this. How many deer did you kill this year that you had gotten on cell camera like 24 hours before that and like set up where that cell camera was? 24 hours? Um, 48 hours. None of them, none of them 24 hours on the, uh, in the area where the camera actually was. Now I did kill one that was probably 48 hours 
uh, on that camera, but that was, the, I mean, that was the only area I caught that deer on camera in that entire place. Uh, it was the second deer I ended up taking this year. Uh, it was, that was the only area I'd ever actually had that deer on camera. So that just, I decided it wasn't, it was a day I had to hunt. So I sat in that area and you can, uh, even you can ask Brandon, I had no confidence that that deer was going to show up that day because it was a day that it was like 90 something degrees and it was an afternoon hunt. (laughs) (laughs) And I had texted him. I mean, literally five minutes before that, like, I don't think tonight's the night, bro. <laughs> and the deer came out, but I did. Like I said I didn't have them on camera in there twenty. I don't think twenty four hours before that. Um, like I said, there, there's just certain areas that are traditionally good and they funnel through uh, well. And I need that with a bow. Sure. So that 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 more decides on where I'm going to hunt than necessarily that I had the picture right there. Um, and just years of hunting a particular piece of property helps as well than just a cell camera. Yeah. So I guess the, the, the main gist of this podcast is kind of what we're hinting at right now, which is the, the great cell cam debate. Um, (laughs) Chase, you killed a great deer, man, to finish the year. And I'm, and I'm, I'm really happy that you did, you know, we've all been in a position where we've made a poor shot on a deer. And oh, I don't yeah. know too many people who get a, a chance at redemption within the same season. Like that's, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. It, I, I honestly, I didn't think I would get us, get a second shot shot at him, but it didn't stop me from going back in and trying uh, to get uh, a second shot at him. Uh, like I one thing I did learn is I said, those shots aren't high probability. I mean, he wasn't necessarily directly under me. He was still 15, 20 yards away uh, when when I tried to make that shot. Uh, I was kind of in a hurry. It wasn't one of those high-odd shots uh, that I took. And I think it was more of, okay, I'm finally in here, and I'm finally within bow range of this deer. I got to make something happen. So mm-hmm. I think that kind of got the best of me. Uh, I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I took the shot. And I told a couple of people, I was like, okay, I'm not going to take that shot again. Like I, it, it was one of those weird shots where I'm like, okay, it's potentially you could make it, but it's not a high percentage shot, uh, especially in a hurry. Like you get, when you get in a hurry, I've always had that problem. When you get in a hurry thing, you forget things or you do stuff that you normally wouldn't do uh, when you're not in a hurry. And I got in a hurry on that shot because I thought he was going to bust out of there. Like he, uh, on his body language, everything else, I, I really thought I was like, oh, he's he's going to be he's gone. Uh, and I and it could have just been he was looking at because there were other deer moving through the woods and stuff like that during that time, and maybe he just had seen one of them and had gotten alerted or something. I'm not really sure. There's hogs in that area. I've had hogs come through, all kinds of different things. So there's probably a million things going through my mind at, at that point and ended up rushing uh, the shot. Uh, I was, like I said, I was glad I was able to get uh, redemption on the deer. Uh, and when I did, uh, it was, like I said, he came out and presented broadside. I was able to shoot him and everything went well. Everything went according to plan. <laughs> how, it norm- <laughs> how, how you draw it up, as they would say. Yeah. <laughs> how you draw up a shot. 
on a deer quartering away broadside uh great shot it got some double lung and a little bit of the heart i mean the it, it was it was one of those and i was and i've had i've i know that sometimes if you just wait things will play themselves out to where you do end up getting that shot and if i didn't then i put i still had season left it wasn't right. the last day of the season it wasn't anything like that and I, like I said, I think I got a little too antsy, uh, and could should not have taken that shot. I'll be the first to admit it. Probably shouldn't have taken that shot, but I did. Shoot or shoot, man. Shoot or shoot. You know, at the end of the day, you you, you did the best you could in that moment. You can either learn from it, and it is what it is. Um, right. In my head, yeah. I had like the, what was going to happen, and then it did not go according to what was in my head. And, and I, like I said, I don't know why, maybe I just, maybe I missed, I, it was a little bit high from where I was actually aiming at. So either I could have done something weird with my form, could have not been enough. There's a lot of things that happened because I was in a hurry, uh, when it happened and he could have ducked a little bit. I mean, there's, I don't know. I have footage on the Insta360, but it's kind of blurry and it's hard to tell if he ducked any before, uh, the arrow got there so just one of those just one of those deals it happens dude it happens to the best of us i mean i I did it in 2016 you were you were there for that carnage you know i i tried to force something and wounded the deer and it ended my season i didn't hunt the rest that year you know but right so i'm gonna say this this is the only episode we're gonna do on this topic because I am, I'm, I'm getting really tired of this topic. Um, if, if you've been watching social media, you know that the whitetail distraction, God, whitetail experience. Right. <laughs> you can yeah. never be tired of Chuck and Austin. Uh, <laughs> they, they, uh, they've been tagging me in a bunch of stuff related to cell cameras. And if you, if you're unaware of what's been going on, uh, in the hunting community, there's this monstrous debate about whether or not cell cameras are legal or ethical rather, I should say. And uh, Whitetail Experience has been trying to convince me that there's something uh, morally uh, unethical about using a cell camera. And they've been tagging me in a bunch of stuff and we've had this really fun back and forth. Uh, But it's just kind of, I don't know, I feel like it's ran its course and we're just like, everybody's in their two camps and they've just made up their mind and everybody's just banging on war drums, screaming at each other and nothing's happening. So uh, a lot of people have asked my opinion about this. Um, I've gotten a lot of feedback on social media. And so because we're influencers, Chase, I felt like we should do a uh, a podcast on this topic um, because people have asked for it and because I feel like we have uh, our side of the story to tell. Uh, but this won't be a lengthy affair. This will be the only time that we dedicate an episode to this. Um, in fact, I tried to get well, we won't go down that path, but either way, any which ways, um, if you're, if you are, uh, paying attention, ATA launched some things this year that, uh, or at the ATA show, some things were launched this year that kind of further complicates this. And I feel like we'll kind of address that at the tail end. That's the, the live streaming of, of video and stuff like that. Um, but basically there's two camps. There's, uh, cell cameras are ruining hunting and it's unethical to use them. And cell cameras are perfectly fine to be used. 
And, uh, you know, I, I am a person, Chase, I, I try and have my own opinion about things, but I, I'm wise enough to recognize I don't have all the answers. And so I, I surround myself with people who can help me make those decisions. You, the Patreon group, other people. And uh, I keep hearing that cell cameras make everything easy. I have spent $70. No, that's a lie. Five times six, 30 times five. $180 on cell camera plans. Mm-hmm. Did I do that math right? Oh, 150. 150. If you're doing 30 times five. Been a long day. Sorry. <laughs> I can't wait for the accounting jokes in the Patreon group on that one. Um, <laughs> so I spent $150 on cell camera plans. And I can tell you right now, I have not killed a single deer. None of the bucks that I got on camera. Um, they didn't get me any closer to killing them. I made a bunch of mistakes. Uh, they didn't tell me anything about the size of the deer that were in that area to begin with. Um, and I thought, okay, maybe I'm not the only person. And so I asked the Patreon group. We're talking about uh, a group of about 30 guys that are really active in that Marco Polo group who killed a combined 100 big game animals this year. And I said, how many of you got a picture of a deer, went in there, and killed it within 24 hours or 48 hours? And the answer was zero, not a single person. We're talking about people who go all over this country. Chicken Buck has gone to uh, three different states, no, two different, no, three different states. And he has just absolutely waxed deer along the way. I mean, if the guy's hunting, everybody just expects something to die. Split shot went all over three states, uh, two states this year, and just waxed deer. JR has just waxed J-Bo. We have to talk, we're talking about guys that when they enter the woods, you just expect something to die. None of them got something off of a cell camera, went in there and killed that deer. Which kind of leads me to, to question this idea that it's too easy. I'm going to give you the floor for this opening, opening question here. Do you think cell cameras make things easy? I think they make things convenient. I don't necessarily think that they make things easy Uh, a lot of the argument that i hear which i think is like oh you're sitting in your house and you get a cell phone pick and you go out your back door and you shoot your deer okay that's like 0.0001 percent of the hunting population that even has the chance of being able to do that Uh, most people don't have a cell cam where they're within, let's say, 20 miles of that cell cam or 15 miles of yeah. that cell cam to be able to get to to where uh, it's at. And I know Byron, like I said, he's a passionate guy. I don't have anything against yeah. him, against his opinion of it or whatever. Everyone, everyone has uh, opinions when it when it comes to hunting. And a lot, he kept posting some people that on Instagram would write, "Oh, got this deer on camera, went in the next day and killed." kill the deer okay and okay let's say that that happened for this person a few people four or five people that he posted on there and my argument is well for that there could have been a hundred guys that got the same picture that didn't go in and kill the deer within the 24-hour period or never saw the deer again mm-hmm. i mean if if it was that easy then you would see this huge influx of all of these deer uh, that are being killed. And I know a bunch of people that, that run cell cams. 
Uh, Brandon runs a lot of cell cams. Uh, did he go in and kill a deer that he had on cell cam with it? No, he did not go kill a deer that he had on cell cam within 24 hours of it. And it's more, and he hunts a long ways away from where the cell cams are. I'm talking five, six hours. He's five, six hours away. And it's just something for him to see. Okay. What are the deer doing right now? Okay, cool. There was a cool buck that came through here. May never see it again, or he, he may get it once or twice or whatnot. Um, but a lot of people, I think it's more of like a, a dopamine hit. You get that dopamine hit of, Oh, something cool. Something cool's on my cell cam. Something cool's on my cell cam. And depending on what you like to do, I can run regular trail cameras that I go out and check every day. Like I go out and check my regular camera every day and go kill a deer within 24 hours. If it was on the camera, so say the deer was on the camera an hour before I got there, I could go, okay, cool. I'm going to set up right here. Maybe mm-hmm. it comes back through. Uh, this evening, uh, and I could go check a bunch of them. Some people are like, oh, well, you, you're only going to go check one when you walk in or do whatever or whatnot. I mean, I could just pick a day and go check all my cameras that I have on there. That Because I run a lot of non-cellular trail cameras, too, to get annual patterns, which I can argue annual patterns help make make things more easy as well. Mm-hmm. Because you have deer, okay, they show up in this area November 3rd through November 5th every year. So I've heard so many people going, yep, I have this deer the last two years. He showed up on November 4th. I went in there this year and shot him on November 4th. Okay. It's the same, same thing. Are we going to get rid of all trail cameras? And the other argument was, well, in the right hands, it's deadly. So now we're even going, it's, it's gotta be in the right hands. It's deadly. And I even had the argument. Okay, cool. In the right hands, it's deadly. Okay. A bow in the hands of Levi Levi Morgan is deadly. (laughs) I mean, the dude shoots stuff at 150 yards with a bow. Yep. With with a bow. He can, I've seen him make shots 130, 150 yards with a bow. Okay. So we're going to tell Levi Morgan he can't hunt with a bow during archery. He has to hunt with a long bow during the archery season because he can make a 150 yard shot that most other people can't make at all no we're not going to tell him he can't hunt with a compound it as the state of florida the state of florida has said it's legal to hunt with a cellular camera so if it's legal I, i'm i'm all along the lines of it's legal i've i've had my times where i've like me hunting with a bow all season there there'll be a time where i'll go oh man that guy's hunting with a rifle you know what i mean man, they shouldn't be able to hunt with a rifle. and i'm like dude i used to hunt with a rifle all the time like i have to like talk myself out. I'm like, bro, you used to hunt with a rifle all the time. It's not that big a deal. Mm-hmm. And if Joe Schmo gets a picture, goes in and kills it, cool. It was on, or whatever. If it's on his property, I, it's not a deer that I can even go after. What's like 99% matter? of these deer are deer that yeah. you can't even go after. You're looking at a guy in Iowa that went and did it. I can't kill I can't kill that deer. Like He doesn't have an advantage over me. He has an advantage over me because he gets to hunt in Iowa all, <laughs> all season long. But uh, I'm more of what's going to get more people into hunting. And a lot of people – and some people are like, oh, well, there are too many people hunting now than, than there was before or whatever. But we, we need more hunters if we want hunting to continue. I mean, honestly, we need as many people as we can saying, yes, I love to hunt. We need to keep hunting. And to, today's kids, it's all about technology. They're iPads, iPhone, they all know how to use technology. 
And if it's and if they have this type of technology, then if that's what gets them out in the woods, that's what gets them out in the woods. Mm-hmm. And we had a discussion earlier because <laughs> we're talking about tradition. Well, tradition can change. Like you can start a new tradition for things. And I told you, I'm like, okay, the Indians were here long before you and I were here out hunting. Okay, if I could go back to those Indians and give them a cell camera and be like, hey, this is going to change hunting for you. (laughs) I almost guarantee you they would take it because they were hunting for food. Like, why would they not want every advantage that they possibly could get uh, to take a deer? You think they're going to go? No, no. I mean, they may have thought it was witchcraft or something crazy like that. But if they didn't, they would go, oh, I can use this. This is going to put more food on the table for my family. Help me survive these brutal winters or whatever that they're in. I'm pretty sure they're going to go, yeah, uh, yeah. Why don't you uh, slide me five or six of these so I can get them set up? Yeah. So I, I don't have, I mean... The live feed, I haven't even looked into the live feed stuff where it's like you get this live thing or whatever. Um, I I really don't know how many people that's going to be relevant for. Like we were talked about earlier, most people aren't within two minutes of where they're going to get in the stand. Like It's not a thing. I mean, I hunt kind of locally, but it still takes me 15, 20 minutes to get to wherever it's at. And that deer could be... 300 yards away at that point. Mm-hmm. So I, as far as may, some is, or in some cases, is it going to make it easier? Yeah, but I think it's more of the one or 2% of cases. And then the other 98%, it's like, okay, cool. I've got this piece of technology. It, it makes it more convenient because I don't have to walk in and go check it all the time. I don't mm-hmm. have the time to go check my cameras or whatever. It keeps me from trouncing through certain areas. I think a lot of people use it for that. It just keeps them from trouncing in through bedding areas and other things where they're not even necessarily. A lot of them I have set up. I don't, I'm not even hunting over those areas. It's just in good areas to catch deer movement. Yep. I may not even hunt within three, 400 yards of that area. Dude, I mean, uh, a, I, lot, I, a lot of, of these cameras. Most of my cell cameras aren't in place. At, two of my seven trail ca- cell cameras are in places I would hunt and see, like I would hunt over, over that cell camera, right? Like within eyeshot of the, the, the cell camera. Most of the places I put cell cameras are like really tight pinch points that I can I can see and survey what kind of deer are using that area. Uh, or a bedding area that I just can't get into, right? I can hunt the perimeter of, but I can't get in there uh, for whatever reason. And so um, I look at this and I look at the substance of the argument. And it's like guy in Iowa kills a 180 inch deer. Use my cell camera to get it. Guy in Missouri, he's holding 220. He's like, I got a photo of this one, went in there and shot him. And this guy came running in and I shot him too and tagged out for the year. And it's like, no one's worried about does. No one's worried about small bucks, right? right. It, it, the 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 whole argument to me reeks of jealousy, and I don't like that. I don't like the idea that this isn't a uniform argument where a guy puts up a cell cam, does are coming out every day at ten a.m. He takes his kid out there. They get in the box blind. 
They're eating their snacks. Nine nine forty five rolls around. The dad's like, Shh, "Be real careful. They're going to come out any day now. They've been coming out." And the kid pops a dough, and then they post a photo of that. Like no one's outraged about that. And so the fact that we emphasize these big bucks, like, and we talk about it's too easy. What I hear is he has an advantage over me, and I don't like it. Right? That I feel like the pursuit should look like this for everyone. And I told Byron, I don't really care, dude. This is no different to me than a trad guy who refuses to use a rangefinder, doesn't use camo, wears Sears clearance uh, uh, flannel clothes and wood arrows saying you shouldn't use a bow, a, a compound bow. You shouldn't be able to use a crossbow. You shouldn't be able to use camo. You shouldn't be able to use any kind of technology. And we would rebuke that if the trad community was saying that, and sometimes they are, but as a whole, they're not really trying to impose their will on anybody. We'd be like, hey, dude, back off. Right. right. <laughs> and so I look at this argument and it's not a hunting is, is diminished. It's my chance at that style buck is diminished. And so when I when I listen to some of these podcasts that are anti cell camera usage, they, they make all these per, like these these presumptions about what it's like. And I heard on one, he's like, well, why? You know, the best part of deer camp is like trying to figure out where you're going to go. And, and if your phone's blowing up and you know where the big buck is, you're just going to go there. We already said that's not easy. That's not even functional the way that we, you and I in Florida, uh, in Georgia, in Alabama, like Brett uses them. It's not functional like that. And moreover, what if you got five bucks on camera? <laughs> you know, at one point in time, I had bucks on like three or four cell cameras. Dude, I agonize over where I'm going to go. What if the wind isn't right for the approach of that spot? It's not that cut and dry. And so I've made these offers to people. I'm like, dude, I'll give you a cell camera. I'll buy you a cell camera. Use it and try it. And you have these people who are making these decisions and these these proclamations with platforms that have influence, and they they don't even know if what they're saying is true. They just assume that it's true. I I don't assume to understand chemical engineering. You're not going to hear me speak about chemical engineering. You're not going to hear me speak about how to kill big bucks. Make it even simpler, right? I don't do it. I'm not good at it. Okay. Uh, you want to know how to shoot a turkey in the face? I can tell you. You want to pattern a shotgun? I can tell you. You want to know how many pellets you should have? What constriction you can have? I know all of that. I've researched all of that. I've tested what I found to be true on the internet or not true on the internet. I'm probably going to tell you there's some variance to that. It depends on the gun, right? And so I really hate it when people assume that they understand something enough to tell others and influence others how to go about experiencing their own pursuit. If, if, if we saw deer numbers skyrocket for, for harvest, I'd be like, Hey, we got an issue. I don't see that dude. I, I don't, I don't, I don't see that in my test sample, which is 74 patrons that I queried for this. 74 people scattered over Georgia, Oklahoma, Texas, Tennessee, Georgia, Alabama, I'm sure I'm uh, PA. None of them killed a deer over a cell camera. Right. And a hundred big game animals died this year. I mean, I, I don't know. This just, this, this reeks of, could it hit, could it hit a point where it's too much? Yeah, dude, absolutely could. If you had a telephoto lens inside a cell camera that give you a live feed and you could put it on the side of the field and zoom in and creep up and every time the buck lifts his head up you're able to like stop and pause right okay sure maybe that's a bridge too far but that's not what we're talking about right and the the conversation now about a still frame photo being sent to us is not even remotely close to that 
Moreover, the only guy that's going to be able to do that is a private land guy. Because nobody's nobody's doing that on public, man. You're going to have so many people blowing that up. You know, there's not going to be a big buck standing out in the middle of a, a chopped cornfield. It's not going to happen. Right. Then they may be in on public. Like somebody might already be hunting there. <laughs> you have that deer on there. You you may be too late. Yeah. Or you're going in there blowing up somebody that's uh, already hunting. Or if you know someone's yeah. in there, you're like, okay, someone's in here. Yep. And I mean, if I mean, like I said I use them on private. I would use them on public land, and yep. it's mainly just to give me. I mean, it's yeah, it's giving me right now information, but none of it's made me have to. I've never got in my vehicle and started driving straight to the point where I got that picture, whatsoever. Never really had the chance to do any of that. I've had plenty of times where like, oh yeah, I thought about going hunting today. There's the deer. He's almost on camera. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and he wasn't and, there for three or four days after that, a week after that. And, and if we're going to make this huge emphasis on easy and it should take woodsmanship, a ban out, ban on X and all GPSs. You get a plot map, <laughs> you get a freaking compass, and if you can't read those two things and get yourself out of a swamp, you don't deserve to be out there because you, you haven't earned it, right? Like, I mean, if you're going to drive your truck all the way right up to the side of a two track. And then walk yourself out there. Maybe that's a bridge too far. I just hate this weird, ambiguous, it's just too easy. When when right. we have no problem, you know, buying $1,000 setups to make it easy to climb the tree. Hump in the ground. Yeah. You know, like the deer, you're purposefully evading a deer's natural abilities by getting above it. They don't have any predators above them. <laughs> right? You, you've got ozone machines that kill their ability to smell you, allegedly. But no one's saying that should be outlawed, right? There's no there's no national movement for that. So it's okay to evade one of their three senses to defend themselves, two or more of their 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 defenses to defend themselves. But knowing where they are, that's a bridge too far. Come <laughs> on, man. I mean Oh yeah. Yeah, that's what I say. You can the uh, the you can keep cutting things and cutting things like okay, cool. You can wear a heated vest now. Like you yeah. can have a pack where you can have a heated vest where you'll actually sit out there and not sit out there. I, oh, I got my heated vest on. Now I'm gonna, now I can sit all day long. Whereas mm-hmm. even me, I get cold. I, I'd be like, nah, man, I'm getting down. I'm, I've been freezing for two hours. Like, oh, yep. uh, oh, I got this new heated vest that I spent $150 on. Turn it on. Oh, I'm warm again. I've got these things for my feet that keep my feet warm. I mean, we do all these other things that keep us comfortable and warm. And now we're running. Uh, saddles that weigh ounces and climbing sticks that are ounces. And like you said, I, if anything's changed the game or anything, it's Onyx or Spartan Forge, we Spartan Forge, Spartan Forge. You're like, okay, now everybody's back in the spot. Like you can, yep. it's the, that, like I've talked to a ton of public guys that are like, I mean, I was hunting this one corner I knew about all this stuff came out. Next thing you know, there's seven or eight people mm-hmm. that are, on top of them in that area because now they can use their phone. They can get back there. They, they can use it to get back to wherever uh, they came from. Yeah. So that's, that's helped people immensely being able to look at maps all day long when they know nothing about the terrain because they've never set foot on the place, but they can look at this map and go, Oh yeah, this is what this is. This is the, this is the elevation uh, I, uh, they do all these the studying where okay, this is mm-hmm. a funnel, this is this. Uh, yet the deer move on the top third or bottom third, and yada yada yada. And you got plenty Military of people that go crest. in. And, 
You got plenty of people that go in and kill a deer by just looking at a map. Blind. 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 Go in blind and kill a deer just by looking at a map. Yep. Not may not be a particular deer, but they go in and kill a deer just by looking at a at a map all the time. And that that I see all the time. Yeah. That I see all the time. First set, best set. That's a freaking hashtag, right? Like scout your way in, the bump and dump. Uh, split shot goes and kills a great deer this year. Walks in there, saw it on the map, said this looks great. Walked right in there, set up, killed a great buck. Chicken buck went on the other side of that WMA, walked smack dab in there to an area that looked good on his onyx, and he killed a freaking deer. I mean, that happens all the time, but no, oh, woodsmanship. Woodsmanship. They didn't put in here, man. The the work was on a map. They're like they could, yeah. you can sit at the comfort of your own home or look yeah. at your computer, your cell phone. Like you're looking at your cell phone. Oh, Still yep. time at work. You can all plan the- your whole hunt all week while you're at the office. Get up that morning at four a.m. Drive out there, go walk to the pinch point and kill it. And that's not to diminish diminish those people because I recognize there's more to just picking a random spot and going. There was thought process to there. There was woodsmanship and understanding gear movements, habitat types, scenarios for yeah. There's, there's skill involved, just Absolutely. like there's skill involved in putting out a cell camera, a camera in general, dude. If you don't put Google. it in the right spot, you're not going to catch a picture of a deer. <laughs> Content creators who create how-to related content, you know, like how to do this, uh, three things you can do better next year. They only do that for people who have friction points. No one does. And I, and I said this before, no one's ever done a podcast on how to tie your shoes because everybody knows how to tie their shoes. But if you Google trail camera in your, your Spotify or whatever for podcasts, you will find hundreds of episodes where everybody is spewing all kinds of hot takes on what you can do to better utilize a trail camera. And that tells me that there's a need. And if there are hundreds of podcasts telling you how to properly use the trail camera, then there are thousands of people who, who suck at getting pictures consistently on trail cameras. I'm one of them. <laughs> I'm one of them. I'm, I'm, I'm like one for three. I've gotten really good. It used to be like one for 10 was my batting average. If I put up a camera, I got good deer pictures about one out of every 10 times. I've got that down to about one out of three. Now I'm getting better as an outdoorsman, put in the time. But again, you don't do how to's for people who don't need how to's. Right. Come oh, on. Yeah. There's a, there's I mean, a bunch of those. Oh, okay. Like I said, all of it's a tool and all of it can be in the wrong hand or our, lethal hands all of it can be in lethal hands a rifle okay i'm good at shooting a rifle whatever 200 yards well there's mm-hmm. guys that can shoot a rifle five six hundred yards no problem because they put in the yards. work yeah yeah they put in the work they're yep. out there shooting all the time they know everything there is to know about the gun the scope yeah windage all of that stuff they can dial it in like oh he's 603 yards couple yep. of clicks here i know exactly where to hold on this deer dead I can't yeah. do that, but I'm not going to complain that the other guy's doing it because he put the work in. Doesn't impact me at all. That was a deer I wasn't going to kill, man. I mean, I go back to easy. You want to get rid of easy? You want to truly get rid of easy? You want to put more big bucks on the land? You want to make land more accessible to you and I and drive down lease prices? Outlaw outfitting. That's the epitome of easy. The guy literally right. lives and breathes and his entire crew lives and breathes trying to put you in the exact spot. So all you got to do is wake up Eat your hot honey bun, pour yourself some coffee, talk to everybody about how old Double Crawl and 
you know, crab crawl and the old swamp donkey came out on the cameras last night. And yeah, well, such and such said he saw a 13 point with triple drop times on the right side. And that's where old Steven's putting me. Hey, I've been to the deer camps. I've done an outfitted thing. I know what it's like. It's the freaking epitome of easy. And you get dropped off right where you're supposed to be. The guy keeps the truck running. So the deer don't even think you're, you're out of the truck. You wait till they leave. You take a couple steps. You get in your, in your stand real quiet. Easy. So it's easy what, what we're going after. We want to kill more than one bird with one stone. Let's out. Let's, let's, let's outlaw out. <laughs> but ain't nobody coming after that either. So, I mean, just the whole thing is get off my lawn and you killed something I couldn't. And, and as a result, I've got issues with it. And so I'm doing my thing where I get all worked up. And you're all <laughs> calm over there. And I appreciate the, uh, the, 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 the chi balance we've got, but this just annoys me. Like this conversation really it's it, it doesn't oh, do yeah. anything for us as a community no it, it doesn't and i i have the ability to turn things off and I, like i said i i recognize that people have opinions i mean that's just sure. the way it is like, yeah you're a bulldog fan i'm a gator fan like you have your reasons for being a bulldog fan i have my reasons for being a gator fan i'm, I'm not gonna i mean we might riff back and forth at each other but at the end of the day, it does not matter to me one bit that you're Don't a Bulldog care. fan. Don't care. Have have fun. No. I'm glad they're winning championships for you. Awesome. It's great. Doesn't matter. Nope. It's like I, I can go out and say I'm going to hunt with a bow all year long, and I could complain of everyone else that's using a crossbow, muzzleloader, rifle. I could complain about all those things because it's easier or whatever. It's legal. <laughs> I can be doing the same thing. I could I could have the same thing. Hunt how you want to hunt. If it's legal, yeah. hunt. Hunt how you want to hunt. It's that simple. Yeah. And and if and if we're gonna go into the argument of should it be legal, let's use something less subjective than ethics. Right? right. Like let's use something a little less subjective as ethics. When we got rid of punt guns for waterfowl, it wasn't because it was unethical. The ethics that we derived came from the laws we put in place to, to have a renewable resource. We got rid of punt guns because they were wiping out the population. And so we deemed that wiping out the population was unethical. And so that means was unethical, right? And so right. I, I just show me the data. Show me where deer hunting is hurting, that the population's in decline, that age structure's in decline because of trail cameras. You show me that, I'm your advocate. I'm your huckleberry. The moment that that becomes a trend, I'm your huckleberry. Be until it doesn't, all it's done, in my opinion, and this is my final thought on this, and you can say whatever it is you have to say, trail cameras don't make you any better than what you already are. I'm sorry. They only make what you are better, right? So if you're a deer killer, you're going to kill deer. If you're the guy that slips the rifle out the back door and you have property, you're already going to be doing that anyways because that was probably your MO, right? Tiffany Lukowski, the Drury's, Chase Prince, uh, Jake Bush, <laughs> Brett Mashburn, all of those people are going to kill deer. They're going to kill big deer. I'm always going to aspire to kill big deer. And then I'm going to crush a six point that walks out 10 minutes after shooting life. Okay. <laughs> a barely legal six point. That's who I am. I'm only going to do more of it. It's not going to make me something I'm not. Hard work, dedication, opportunity, you know what? Here's a little, I lied. I've got one more thing to say. I asked the Patreon group, the Barco Polo group, several days later so that there was no correlation. And I said, you could have one unlimited resource. And maybe I'll put this at the end of the podcast or maybe I'll add it 
at a later time. I, I haven't asked anybody if they wanted to be on the on the podcast. So I'm not going to volunteer them. Actually, every one of them, I said you can have one unlimited resource for next year's season. One unlimited resource. You can pick it whatever it is that you want. Not a single person said sell camera. They said time, time, money so that I can have time, more vacation time. It was all about the ability to get out there because that's what kills deer, man. Four times this year, I got bucks on camera, daylighting, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, not on the weekend. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, not when I could hunt. I don't, I just don't have, and most people don't have the ability to just jet and go kill a deer. Closing thoughts. Ginger rant over. Right. And and you're right. I mean, you're the hunter that you are. You're 100% right on that. You went on that quota hunt. You pulled a card going in. And you saw there was a really nice buck on that card within a Huge. day of Huge. you checking that camera. And you still <laughs> shot the first buck that stepped down that morning. So you, that's what you are. You, and it was a non-cellular camera. Non-cellular. Yeah, it was a non-cellular camera. You went in, you checked it, and to me, I said, you could go in and check a regular camera in that area. If you went in that area, and you might, and there would have been zero pictures on that camera. You might have went, okay, I'm not hunting here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you could have easily have said, I'm not hunting here. I'm going to go hunt somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You could do the same thing. Like, I'm not hunting here because I've got zero on this camera. And the biggest buck in the woods could have walked by that that day. You just didn't have them on camera within the little bit of time mm-hmm. that we had cameras out there. So you really don't know. And it was an effing giant. <laughs> like, it was a really big deal. Ah, it was a really... Well, there were several really good bucks uh, once you <laughs> started checking one, on them cameras. One hammer. Golly. You know, I was the only person to kill a deer on that quota hunt, according to the officer. They only checked in one deer on that quota hunt. Yeah, yeah, you got there. It was right time, right situation, and 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 with those quota hunts, like weather is a factor. Like yeah. Sunday, I what, did it pour down rain on the last day of the quota hunt. And inch stuff like inch that. and three quarters. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And even with the the cell cams or whatever, even with some of them quota hunts that are Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I, I I would venture to say most people don't hunt that Friday. Like most people can't get off that Friday or they're working, so they can only hunt the Saturday and Sunday. So mm-hmm. even if they've had uh, something on the cell camera on Thursday night or what, like, well, I'm, I'm can't go, I can't mm-hmm. go. I've got to work, got to provide for my family. I'll go Saturday and Sunday. And you, that deer might not show up Saturday and Sunday yep. on those days. So they, they, they are what they are. And like I said, if you can show me the data where Florida killed whatever, 10,000 more deer this year because of a cell cam, then I'd be like, okay. Well, this is, this is a huge advantage. This, this may be a huge advantage. 10, 20% more deer every year. Okay. But not, I don't think that's the case. I'm, I'm really certain that it's not the case. Maybe, maybe there was a hundred. So, you know what be, I mean? Yeah. And I want the listeners to know I want to be a better hunter. Like I really do. Like I deep down, I want to be a big buck hunter. And there's a part of me that says that next year I'm going to not shoot that six point. <laughs> But uh, I'm going to be honest. I don't know that I'm, I'm cut from the same cloth as y'all. I think I'm a chicken buck junior. I'm not a, I'm not a, a South Alabama or an Iceman junior. I, I just don't think I have it in me. I really don't. Well, and the great part about it is you don't have to. 
Like <laughs> I, I was just as happy for you when you shot the buck that you shot as if you would have shot the buck that you had on camera. Don't yeah. care. You hunt what do what makes you happy, bro. Were you happy when you shot that buck? You had a big smile on your face. Oh yeah, I was. You, you were laughing. The video. I was losing it, dude. I was jacked. I bet I he tastes good. From sixty yard. Well, yeah, I just got called from the processor. It's actually ready. I got me uh, fifteen pounds of breakfast sausage and twenty pounds of ground. Um, but uh, I was shaking like a leaf. I was shaking like a leaf. I heard that deer from 60 yards away and wet pine needles grunting as he came into me. Dude, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm unapologetic. I don't care less. And in fact, if someone wants to drop hate on the picture, go for it. I don't care. It is it is water off a duck's back. Could not care less. But you know what? At the end of the day, man, we got to come together as a community and figure out what really matters. We've got poachers. We've got we've got people who are dishonest about about how they go about things. Um, and they mislead people. We've got big fish to fry. We've got recruitment and public land loss, private land loss. We've got a lot of big problems as a community. We're wasting a lot of valuable time, energy, and resources bickering over something that's subjective as hell. And I, I would just like to, I would ask people, if you're going to pick a hill to die on, let's make it one that really has an immediate or a long-term or both impact. Um I don't feel like this is it. I just don't. Yeah, not not yet until there's data out there that proves it. And I'll go back to whatever. I'm gonna run if I can run regular trail cameras. I'll run regular trail. If I can't run any, then I won't run any. I'm still gonna go yeah. hunt. So I was yep. killing deer long before I started using trail cameras. <laughs> yep. <laughs> or a, well, in areas where I wasn't using trail cameras. Let's put a let's put a pin in this uh, wine fest that is this podcast. Um, I just sent you a couple pictures that my buddy sent me of that of that buck from a different angle. Um, just comically, it's a hundred and fifteen hundred twenty inch deer, and I shot like a thirty inch six point. If I'm lucky, it might be thirty yeah. inches. No, it's at least thirty inches. It's at least thirty. Okay, thank you, Chase. You make me feel better. But yeah. uh, just on guys, spread. Mm. come on out. Um, see us at the Webster show, uh, definitely get ready for YouTube. We've got some Turkey content from last year that we didn't drop that I'm editing and we'll be ready. Uh, be ready for next fall because as it stands right now, we've got eight weeks of content that will be edited and ready for your viewing pleasure, uh, starting in probably late summer. Uh, that's all stuff that we recorded this year and we were just too busy killing and, uh, recording and getting SD cards out of the cameras and fresh SD cards in cameras to spend much time doing any editing. Um, stay tuned for a post on social media about our, our limited edition calls. And uh, with Honeycomb, huge shout out to Daniel for working with us on that. I'm really excited about it. And uh, I think that's all I got. Chase, you got anything? No, man. I, I'm looking forward to getting more podcasts out, getting back on the grind. Hopefully yep. give you guys some weekly podcast. We, we got big plans. We'll see if we can put them out there for you. And we appreciate everybody that's patient with us and has been dying for a new podcast to drop. Hopefully we'll get some good guests on. And hopefully, if anything, with any of this, these podcasts will get you outside and in the great outdoors. That's it. Beautiful sign off, sir. Y'all be good.